I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. Five runs that lead to success in the marathon. The marathon is a very popular distance. Last week, we chatted all about the importance of building a proper marathon training plan. This week, we want to dive into the details about what type of workouts really matter when it comes to the success in the marathon. We often see runners doing lots of speed workouts during marathon training. This is not often the most effective way to become faster at the marathon. The marathon is 99% aerobic in nature, so it is very important to work on building that aerobic system. We are going to be chatting about the five workouts that are best for marathon training. Here is a brief overview of what they are, and I'm going to spoil it for you. Then we're going to go into the details of what they are and how to do them correctly. So the long run, easy runs, steady state runs, threshold runs, and medium long runs. So just diving in right away to um, some of the first ones that we talked about was that long run and the easy runs, right? So easy running is actually probably like the cornerstone and foundation for marathon training. And so when people think, oh, what workouts do we need to do in marathon training? We really want to like emphasize that like easy running is the most important. If you do nothing else in marathon training, easy running, you could do 100% easy running and have a very, very successful marathon. So at a minimum, you should be doing 80% of your running um, as easy running when you're training for a marathon, even upwards of 100%, right? Um, What does easy running look like? Easy running is going to be defined as two to three minutes per mile slower than your 5k pace and sometimes even slower. So that's gonna be a lot slower than maybe what most people are used to. Um, That's usually about one to two minutes per mile slower than your marathon pace. Yeah, um, like you said, easy running is super important, often overlooked. Uh, For most people, uh, I would say, for some people they love easy running, right? Because they don't have to exert a ton of like effort. For other people like myself, I kind of dread these days just because it's just sort of like monotonous, right? And and I just kind of look at it on the calendar and I'm like, oh, I just got to run like five easy today or six easy. Um, so I look for like ways, how can I make the run go by faster? Because for me, um, workouts go by faster, right? I'm mentally having to focus on things. And so um, kind of learning to love them is definitely part of the process and uh, learning to make sure, or learning how to slow down, right? And take the take the run seriously. So running them in the right paces, the right zones, running off of effort, keeping the effort super easy, like a three or four out of 10 on the effort scale. Um, that's really the goal. So I think 
yeah, no matter how many miles you're running, um, keeping roughly 80% of them easy, especially early on in the, in the training cycle, that's going to be super important. And like you said, you could real, realistically sign up for a marathon. And as long as you're running enough, you could finish the marathon if 100% of your miles were easy. Like you don't need to really do workouts. I've come back from off seasons before where I literally didn't do a workout in three months. And I still showed up to like a 5K and ran a pretty good time just because I had consistently been running easy miles. So I think easy miles are definitely underrated. Yeah, they're definitely like the bread and butter of everything we do as runners. So never underestimate like how important those easy miles are and just running easy mileage per week, right? So if you're running like 45 miles a week, a minimum of 36 of those 45 miles are going to be easy. If you're running 40 miles a week, a minimum of 32 of those miles are going to be easy. So that's just like a lot of running. So finding some podcasts, finding some audiobooks, and just getting out there and going. I know we've done other podcasts in the past where we talk about the benefits physiologically, um, like why it's so important, but you know, it's the number one way that you can build that aerobic base where you're also going to be um, avoiding that risk of injury. So Running is a high impact sport. It is making contact with the ground. Like, you know, you're pounding against the pavement. And when you're doing that at an easy pace, it's less stress on the body than when you're going at a really um, high effort, harder level pace. And so sometimes people will say, well, marathon pace feels easy. So that's my easy pace. Well, no, just because the pace feels easy doesn't mean that it's physiologically really easy for the body. Marathon pace is a racing pace, and so it is hard. Um, we do want to spend time at some of those slower paces, and I know it can be really hard to slow down. But, you know, that's kind of like one of those secrets in the running community. If you're able to slow down, that's how people are able to actually run more mileage and not get injured and really reach their potential in the marathon. And like one of the frequently asked questions that people will ask me if they follow me on Strava or on my um, Instagram account are like, how do you never get injured? It's like, well, most of my running, I'm doing three to four minutes per mile slower than my half marathon pace. So really that's how a lot of people are able to stay injury free is because they're running in the right zones. And so even if your marathon pace feels easy, your body on a physiological level, it's not, um, it's not easy for your body to run at that pace. And that's why sometimes people will get injured, burnt out, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think the more you run easy, not only are you able to recover, uh, I think easier or faster, but you're teaching your body to become more efficient, right? Yep. And all of the zones that go into running, your cardiovascular system, or all of the systems rather that go into running. So the cardio system, the muscular system, all that is uh, just working out its efficiencies, right? Like how do you keep the body moving um, with expending as least energy as possible? And that's kind of the goal uh, with easy running is, is try and improve your endurance so that you can kind of tackle some faster workouts and sprink start sprinkling those in. Yeah, definitely. There's so many benefits there and never underestimate the benefits of those easy miles. And so then the next one that's really like key for marathon training is probably pretty obvious with the long run, right? So we really have to run long if we want to train for a long distance race. And what really is defining of a long run when it comes to marathon training is anything over 90 minutes. So really the sweet spot for a marathon training long runs is going to be between 90 minutes and two and a half hours. So we want the bulk of your long runs to kind of fall in that region. Um, you still want to have cutback weeks, like every two to four weeks where you're not doing a long run over 90 minutes. That's really important. But this long run is really like the key cornerstone for building endurance and allowing your body to go that distance, right? So um, running these long runs, a lot of people will think they're kind of like a simulation of the marathon. So they try to like 
run marathon pace or they, um, you know, they run easy during the week and then on this long run, they think for some reason they have to go faster. But really for most people, most of these long runs should be done at an easy pace and only on certain long runs, you might do some pace work where a few miles might be at like marathon pace. Yeah, I really like that we're going in this order because I feel like if I'm going to work with like a beginner runner and their goal is just to kind of finish a marathon, this is the order I'm going to start with when I think about crafting their plan, right? I'm going to make sure that structure with easy runs first and then the long run and the progression of the long run and what that looks like and making sure that that is done at a pace that is um, easy. So it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be at a faster pace. Like you said, I've met so many people over the years where I've even gone to group runs where a lot of people just try to run the marathon pace. Right. And I think we talked about in the last podcast, how I was even in this rut for a few years where I thought I needed to run, you know, a fast average pace for my long run, Mm -hmm. just to prove to myself like, Oh, I could run the marathon then Mm -hmm. at this pace. And so, um, it's not about that. You're not going to get the biggest bang for your buck. It's going to take you longer to recover if you're running too fast on these. And so it's really important that you keep them easy. And then once you get to a certain level where you can actually have, um, you know, some of the other workouts that we're going to be talking about today added to your plan, um, and you're recovering from those as well, then you can start to introduce like workouts in the, the occasional long run as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think just starting off with doing the long runs, right? Just finishing them is a stress in and of itself. So anytime you're running over 90 minutes is <clears throat> that is a stress on your body. And so that is like a hard day. So when we say like, keep your hard days hard, when we're talking about lifting, um, your long run is a hard day. And so by adding in pace workout, you're actually making it like that much harder. And so it's like twice as hard to recover from than if you were doing, you know, some pace work uh, during like a middle of the week, um, workout. So you really want to make sure that you're at a level where you can handle doing pace workout within a long run. So it's basically when you're at a place where the distance is like no longer doing it for you, right? Like the distance itself is no longer a challenge. Um, it's just like super easy. It's not going to take anything out of you to run, you know, 16, 18 miles. Well, maybe it's time to do some pace work, right? So we really want to have that strong foundation first. Another thing we really want to keep in mind, we talked a little bit about this on the last podcast is we really don't want to do more than one third of our weekly mileage in that long run. So if you're running 45 miles a week, we really don't want to have a long run that's over 15 miles because that would be over one third of your weekly mileage. And so if you're someone who's at like 40, 45 miles right now, um, you're probably going to be doing a lot of your marathon training long runs in that 15 mile range. And that's actually really great. And that builds a really strong foundation. It's better to do, you know, like eight, 15 milers than one, two twenties. And then the rest, like you were just too sore to do anything. Yeah. And you know, I think for some people, like we have to look at what is their goal for the race, right? Is it just to finish? Cause that might look a little bit different if we start crunching the numbers and the percentages, but this is for the runner that's really trying to reach their potential. And so if you can stick to a similar uh, philosophy in terms of percentage of mileage, I think that's going to set you up for success. Um, and you mentioned earlier, the long run, the goal is to teach your body how to adapt with kind of the wear and tear, the breakdowns that are going to happen on the muscular level, right? And then to recover from that. And so it's important that it's an incremental um, change over time. So you're not just jumping from eight miles to 14 to 18, you know what I mean? Because that can take a lot of time to recover from those changes. It's important that you kind of do them more progressively so that you can make sure you recover. 
Yeah. <clears throat> There's so many things that go into this and the accumulation of fatigue is super important, right? So that's why we say you want to have like enough weekly mileage that can support your long run um, so that you're not going to like get injured if you go out there and do a 20 miler, but you've only run 30 miles in the total week. That's like a huge stress on the body. So we really want to like spread the stress out so that your body can kind of recover, right? So every night when you go to bed, human growth hormone gets released in your body. Um, your body can start working on repairs and stuff. It's better to kind of spread the load a little bit throughout the week than, okay, we're going to do all of our training on one day, right? So we really want to think about that accumulation of fatigue. Um, and another thing, people will be like, one-third of my weekly mileage, like, okay, I'm only going to get up to 17 miles or 16 miles or something like that. If I follow that rule, well, that's not going to get me to the marathon finish line. And there is, you know, there's a lot of doubt there, but it does, right? It can physiologically, um, if you look at like Hansen's method, they've gotten a lot of people who are like stuck in a rut, can't break out of it to become first time Boston qualifiers and their methodology, they don't allow anyone to go over 16 miles in a long run. So there is a lot of physiology that goes behind, okay, why would we cap it at 130 or weekly mileage? Or why are we capping long runs at the other rule is, three hours, right? We don't want to go over two and a half, three hours for a long run. And so physiologically, you're just going to get the most benefits when you're doing that two, two to two and a half hour long run. Um, so you really just want to think of how many times can I kind of hit that through my training cycle rather than, okay, how many times am I going to do 20 and then I'm going to get injured from it and that sort of thing. Um, we really want to just get the most out of our training. And so doing that risk versus reward, trying to follow some of those guidelines can really help get you there and build you into that really strong runner. Um, and one example I always like to throw in when we're talking about the long run are people who train for ultra marathons, right? So ultra marathon is defined as anything over 26.2 miles. So a 50K, 50 miler, 100 miler are three really common distances. So 50K is like 31 miles, um, 50 milers, 50 miles. And then there's people who do 100 mile um, ultra marathons and that's running 100 miles at a time, um, usually within like a day or two days, right? Um, so people will be like, what does training for hundred miles look like? Like, how does someone even train for that? Right. Um, great question. People who typically are training for these hundred milers are not going over 20, maybe they hit a 30 mile long run. So they're, they're not, I mean, 20 milers, they're doing 20, 24 mile long runs. Um, but what they're doing is back to back to back. So like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it might be, you know, like 15, 20, and then like 10 or something. Um, and so it's really just about building that accumulation of fatigue. And after a certain point, it becomes mental, right? So that's why ultra marathoners, when they're training for hundred milers, they're not going out every weekend and they're not running 50, 70 miles, right? It, that's just not how training works for that. Their bodies would be totally destroyed. And the same kind of goes true for the marathon. But in the marathon, it's not as obvious, right? So if you're an ultra marathoner and you go out and run 70 miles every weekend when you're trying to prepare for this 100 miler, it would like really destroy people. But in the marathon, it's like you can kind of get away with doing this because it's not as extreme, but you're not actually going to be benefiting yourself physiologically if you're like breaking all these guidelines, going out and running 20 milers every single weekend. Um, instead, what's going to happen is you're just not gonna be able to get the weekly mileage that you need to. You might not be able to get some of these workouts that we're gonna talk about later that are gonna help um, support your training. And then you're not really gonna be able to um, feel as good as you normally would when it comes to race day. Yeah, I think you, that summarizes kind of, you made a strong case for the long run, why it's important, why it's important not to overdo it. Um, I've been guilty of that in the past and that kind of takes away from these next, I think, three topics that we're gonna talk about, uh, starting with the medium long runs. 
Yeah. Mm. So obviously easy runs, then the long runs. Then this is where like things started to get interesting. This is like where my mind started to get blown because I had done like quite a few marathons and I thought I kind of had a handle on it, right? Like do some easy runs, maybe throw in some of those like workouts, kind of make them up on the fly, do some Yazos 800 because that's like what everyone says to do. Um, and then just do those long runs. Uh, but really, there's this thing called a medium long run. <laughs> like most people, I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Um, there's just so much talk about the long run when you're marathon training, but there's a medium long run. There's a midweek long run. Like, did anyone know about this? So this is a run that's going to be shorter than your longest run of the week, but a little bit longer than like a typical weekday run. So let's say you run 45 miles a week with that 15 mile long run. Um, that means you have 30 other miles that you're splitting probably between like five other days of running. So sure, you could run like six miles every day. And that's what I used to do, right? Like I'd just be like, okay, like steady Eddie, you know, try to like spread it out evenly. But where we find people have even more success is when they're doing one medium long run per week in addition to their long run, right? So this is going to really help you build endurance. It's going to help you when it comes to marathon training because mm -hmm. you're building it's like another chance to kind of hit that 90 minute or like right under 90 minutes um it's really a sweet spot for building endurance and helping you build that aerobic base um so what that might look like instead of doing like six 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 and then 15 it might look something like five and then there's a 10 mile long, medium long run on like a Wednesday. Then you're gonna do like four, seven, four. And then your long run is 15, right? So you're kind of gonna separate them out by like three, four days. Um, but the 10 mile in the middle of the week, that's kind of like your medium long run. So you wanna have something that's kind of like in, in the middle there. So if you're doing like a 18 miler for your long run on the weekend, you might be doing like a 12 in the middle of the week. And then you're going to have like a little bit of recovery kind of in between those two. But those are kind of like the two cornerstones of your week, right? You're going to have your long run and then you're going to have a medium long run. And then you might have some like other little mileage in there. But having that medium long run can be a really big game changer. Yeah, I love the way you framed it up. And, you know, I think you mentioned in the last podcast about ideally it'd be nice if we could have the uh, structure of a training plan be about a 10 or 11 day cycle as opposed to the week cycle but as you know we like to fit everything into a week and so if you do spread it all over the course of 10 or 11 days it gives you a little bit more opportunity to fit this run in um, and if you're someone who is maybe only going to do one workout a week uh, during their marathon training block then you might have time to fit this in i have athletes that want me to give them like something a little bit faster and then something more of a tempo and so that this medium long run kind of is in replace of that tempo. It's really hard to start cramming this into that week if you're also doing like two workouts, for example. And so I think it'll it'll kind of look different for every athlete, um, depending on how the plan is structured. But it is nice to have one run be, you know, somewhere in that that is two to three miles more than what like their average weekly run distance is. Because I think that that is important to be on your feet longer, get over that hour threshold mark. Um, and so this can definitely be a game changer to help support your long run and make your long runs not feel so long as well. Yeah, and this is kind of an interesting run because it can be one that kind of has some pace work in it, right? So you kind of kill two birds with one stone when it comes to this medium long run. And that kind of brings us into the next topic. 
So there's steady state runs and then there's tempo runs. Those are like the next two that are really key when it comes to the workouts, right? So we talked earlier about 80% of your running should be easy. Now we're going to talk about like the 20%. Like where, what, what paces do I run? Like what type of workouts do I run? Um, and that sort of thing, right? So that's only going to be about 20% of your weekly mileage. So you might do like a, a medium long run that has five miles worth of work in it. And so you might have like a three mile warm up, two mile cool down, and then five miles of like that hard effort stuff. And what's counting towards your hard miles is only the five hard. The rest are counting towards um, mm-hmm. your easy runs because like warm up and cool down are at an easy pace. So if you have five miles of work during that medium long run, that's probably going to leave you about three to four more miles worth of other hard effort stuff you could do during the rest of the week. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about like what are these paces? How do you calculate them? Um, how do you calculate paces when it comes to doing workouts? Yeah, great question. So it kind of boils down to the assessing your fitness at the start of your training to make sure that you're training at the right paces. So we know what your easy pace is um, versus your marathon pace. And to calculate you know, your steady state, we call it, um, it's basically, basically uh, about 20 to 30 seconds slower than your marathon pace up to your marathon pace. So it kind of gives you that range so that you can kind of run off a feel that day. Um, so that's kind of why we have a steady state range. Um, and then threshold's gonna be, you know, the maximum pace at which you could run for about an hour or so. That's typically um, anywhere from 10 to 25 seconds per mile, uh, faster than like half marathon pace for most people. So, um, you know, for example, when I was in my peak fitness, I'd run a half marathon at 535 pace. The threshold was probably about 525. So it was about 10 seconds faster. So that's kind of the um, how you calculate those paces. We use the VDOT calculator. There's quite a few online calculators you can use. Um, but the majority of the workouts are going to fall kind of in these categories of, you know, threshold or marathon effort. Yeah, definitely. Using that VDOT calculator can come in clutch. So you're going to want to take in a recent race result. So maybe do like a 5k, 10k to kick off training, a time trial by yourself, plug in an actual race result. Don't just guess. It'll shoot out paces for you for what like threshold is, marathon pace, all that stuff. Um, you're going to spend a lot of time kind of in that threshold zone for doing some tempo workouts. Um, and there's just a lot of ways that you can do different types of threshold workouts. Um, so I know we're saying like, oh yeah, do threshold, but it's like, there's so many different ways you can do them. You could do like five by one K you can do five by 0.75 miles. You could do like four by 10 minutes. You can do 10 minute, eight minute, six minute tempo with recovery in between, um, like four by mile. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can break it up and then the recovery in between, you can also kind of adjust that. So at the beginning of a training cycle, you might start with a little bit less. So you might start with like two by 10 minute at threshold, with like three minute jog in between. Um, And as training progresses, you might, you know, reduce the rest in between. So get down to like 90 seconds, 60 seconds in between. Um, And then maybe adding on to how much work you're doing. So the next week you might do something like three by eight minute at threshold with two and a half minutes rest in between. Then the next week you might do 
like four by seven minutes at threshold with two minutes rest in between. So it's just kind of building gradually over the course of your training cycle, but working on those threshold um, workouts. There's just so many ways you can frame them up. Um, as you get more advanced, you can add uh, like longer kind of threshold workouts within there. I know some people do like three by two mile, which is like really a lot of volume, but you want to make sure again that like your training is supportive of that type of workout. You can get benefits from doing threshold workouts as long as you're doing at least like 20 minutes, I believe, um, within a workout. So you can start with something as small as like two by 10 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, if you notice that these are, um, you know, harder than they should be, that could be a sign like that you, you don't have an accurate assessment of where your fitness is. For mm -hmm. example, um, I always tell athletes like the marathon pace work should feel like about a seven out of 10, maybe. Um, threshold probably feel closer to like an eight, maybe an eight and a half if it's getting to be like the end of your threshold workout. But um, remember, this is not speed intervals. Um, this is not running 90, 95% effort. So if you're feeling gas at the end of it, it could be a sign like, yes, you were pushing it maybe too hard for the conditions that day, or um, maybe you just are a little aggressive on like assessing where your fitness is, that sort of thing. And so I think it's really important to kind of think about, you know, how to equate this to effort as well as pace so that you kind of have, give yourself a little bit of a range. Yeah, definitely. Making sure those paces are appropriate. And then obviously if you're outside um, the hills and mm -hmm. the cold, the heat, um, the wind, there's so many factors that can go into like the paces that you're hitting. So I like to think of threshold more as like a feeling. And as you kind of get into the sport and you do a lot of these workouts, you'll kind of get to know like, what is that feeling of like riding the line and you'll, your body can just like naturally dial in and out of that pace without really needing like a prescriptive pace written. Um, so threshold is more about, it's a little bit faster. And when we're talking about steady state, we think more about like what, like marathon pace, right? Like what, how are we going to feel at like the upper end of our aerobic, um, pace? You want to think, okay, every time I'm on a steady state, I just like envision, like, how do I want to feel in the middle of the marathon? Like what sort of pace am I doing? So it maybe isn't marathon pace. Maybe it's a little bit faster maybe it's a little bit slower, but it's right kind of around that effort. Um, and those can really help because you're working at that upper end aerobic pace. Um, so it is still an aerobic zone, so it's still technically building that aerobic fitness, but it's at a faster pace. And so it's putting more pounding on your body and it's allowing your body to get used to physiologically, like all the muscular systems that are involved at running at a faster than easy pace over a longer distance. And so it's just prepping your body for the stress that's going to happen on marathon race day. And it also gives you a chance to practice your pacing, um, and figuring out like what is that upper end aerobic pace and making sure you don't really go over that. And then as you practice that, you'll kind of ride into tune with that on race day and your marathon, you'll be able to pace yourself a lot better because you've done some of these steady state workouts. Yeah, and one, one thought that kind of came to mind here about threshold was really, you know, for an athlete that runs like a two-mile time trial or a 5K and they sort of lack like um, doing longer workouts, you know, they might run a pretty fast time that equates to a threshold time. Let's say they run a 6.30 mile, right? And so that's about roughly an eight-minute or a 7.30 pace for your threshold then. So um, you may not feel very comfortable running 10-minute blocks at threshold. Right. So you might start with just running like half miles. I think you were mentioning earlier, you can you can manipulate the distance or the time and the recovery. And so you might start with something a little bit shorter 
and then kind of build up once you gain the aerobic endurance and the confidence that you can hold the pace. So it should still feel, again, like about an eight out of 10. And if it's feeling harder than that, you're probably running too fast or you're just not quite ready to be running that distance or that pace for that duration yet. And so right. um, really just adjust, making those adjustments. And then the other thought was about tempo. The word tempo kind of gets thrown in there interchangeably. Um, for me, that's more like the feeling, right? So threshold, we kind of know what that pace should be. Tempo might be a little bit slower than threshold or it might be as fast as threshold, even a little bit faster, depending on how you're feeling that day. So when I think about tempo, I definitely think it's faster than marathon effort, but it might be starting at your marathon pace and then getting a little bit faster. So it's kind of like that gap between marathon pace and threshold for me. That's how I think about it. Yeah, tempo can really mean a variety of different things. It can mean marathon pace, it can mean threshold, and pretty much any pace in between there. So mm -hmm. that can kind of be used... Um, used in a variety of ways. I know sometimes people, when they do more of like the two by two mile or three by two mile, they're aiming more at like marathon pace or half marathon pace, um, just depending on the athlete in the workout. So that wouldn't necessarily be a threshold workout for most people. But I really like what you said about the threshold workouts and starting in slower, right? You might be doing like two minute intervals at threshold, especially if like you're new to workouts or you're just coming back, you're just building um, like the base foundational period. You might be doing like fartleks where it's like, eight by two minutes at like threshold or like feels like threshold. Um, so you want to make sure you have like that strong base period before you like dive into um, like a specific marathon workout or like doing 20 minutes at threshold or something like that. So starting with those fart legs for a couple of weeks or months, super key to feeling good as you add in more marathon specific training and again um as you add in workouts you want to make sure you don't like overdo it so if you're someone who's been running only 100 percent easy well maybe the first week you do this you're only going to do like five percent of your weekly mileage as hard effort then the next week like 10 percent i'm someone who like i just can't really sustain um, more than doing like 15 percent of my weekly mileage as hard effort running, I find that if I go over 15%, I do get injured. And so don't think you have to do at least 20%. It's more like that's the maximum you should do. Yeah, I like how you mentioned, like the goal is to make sure you recover from these for your other runs, like the long run, remember the most important, the easy runs. So I think it's important to think like that this shouldn't be super taxing, you know? Um, and so you should finish kind of feeling like you could do an extra rep or two if you had to. That's another good rule of thumb. Like, could you do an extra, you know, maybe, um, maybe one or two more by two minutes, like you mentioned that example. Or um, if your workout was like four by a mile at threshold, like could you do another one if you absolutely had to, that sort of thing. So um, always kind of feeling like you have more in the tank. I think that's a good rule of thumb to make sure you don't overdo it on these these runs. Definitely a lot of really good points. And I know some of this is like more generic advice, right? And people are like, well, I want to know exactly like what paces I should run and exactly like what workouts I should do. And I don't want to like spin my wheels trying to like calculate all this stuff or like figure out what workouts are best. And so that's why working with a coach can be really great. So if you're interested in working with a coach for a free seven day trial, we do everything for you the first week. So you can get a taste for what it is, talk with your coach, see if it's a good fit. Um, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com and we can get you set up with a free seven day trial working with a coach. Again, that's www.runforprs.com. Thanks for tuning in.